It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spring training is almost here, which means Cactus League action is forthcoming. And if you're planning to get out to Arizona to watch the Reds and any and all other Cactus League teams, the best way to get out there is visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans because you've got 10 stadiums with 15 major league teams all within a 50-mile radius of Greater Phoenix. So you can get to everything. And on top of that, you've got awesome landscapes. I mean, Arizona is known for its outdoor adventures and national parks, lots of great places to explore. But when it comes to the game, I mean, spring training, everyone is so laid back. You can meet your favorite players, get some autographs, and then enjoy some baseball in some nice, warm weather. If you're like me and you live in the tri-state area right now, you're freezing your bunions off, head out to Arizona, warm up, and watch some Reds baseball. Best way to do that, visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there and book your spring training excursion today. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Garr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on a Monday. On today's episode, want to run through the weekend really quick, and then I've got some awesome questions from the Locked On Reds line that we're going to jump into here on today's episode. But before we do all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Also check out LockedOnReds.com, the blog for even more content. Clay Snowden with a mailbag for March up on the website today. Make sure and check that out. And you know what? I don't say this very often, but if you listen on iTunes, leave me a review. Let me know what you think of the podcast, especially for those of you that would leave a five-star review. That'd be pretty cool, too. But when it comes to this weekend, the Reds played three more spring training games. We're going to run through those really quick right here in the news. News team! Assemble! The weekend got started off very nicely as the Reds won 10-1 to against the Oakland A's in Goodyear. Anthony DiSclefani got the start in that game. He had two perfect innings to begin that game. He had two strikeouts in that appearance. On top of the nice outing for Anthony DiSclefani, Jose Garcia hit another home run this spring. He's looked 
pretty nice. It's been fun to watch him early on. Then you move to Saturday. The Reds fall to the Padres 7-3. In that game, Luis Castillo got the start. He did pitch two innings with four hits allowed and one earned run. He did have four strikeouts. Again, the key with this, we're not looking at the box score that much, just kind of saying, hey, this is what the box score said. When you watched him pitch, his changeup was moving in and out of the zone. Fastball was crisp and moving as well. Good to see those things happening, and he's still working, getting the slider ready to go, all that good stuff, looking pretty solid. And then on Saturday, they went up against the Milwaukee Brewers, and they lost 5-4. to four. In that game, we saw Wade Miley to the rubber for the Reds. He pitched an inning and a third with three earned runs, two strikeouts, on four hits. He did give up a home run in that one. He said after the game that he's feeling good. He's feeling crisp, healthy. That's what we're talking about, spring training. You want to feel good. You want to feel healthy. You want to ramp up to the season. Uh, Again, box score, whatever. Repeat what I've said 100,000 times. In that game, Phil Irvin with a double. Mark Payton also had a double. Mark Payton has looked intriguing this spring, but again, it's going to be tough for him to make the roster. The outfield is so crowded. And even though he's the Rule 5 pick, the guy that they have to either keep or trade back, I just I, I think that he's not going to be a red come opening day. But it is interesting to see him perform, and it's kind of cool to see some of these guys that you're not going to see during the season. Because once the season gets going, we said it on Friday's episode, there are so few roster spots on this team that are actually up for grabs. The guys that are locks, the guys that are that we all know are going to be Reds, are going to be awesome for this team. This is all confusing. Why do I have to keep learning new things? And so that's going to lead us to the focus topic for today. And really, it's a couple of different questions from the Locked On Reds line. Got a lot of good ones on today's episode. My first one coming from our buddy up in Canada, Joey. Not Joey Votto. He confirmed that to me. He's not Joey Votto. But Joey up in Canada, he asked, Hey, Jeff, who hits the first round tripper at home and on the road? I say Moose at home and Senzel on the road. So I did a little digging on this. I wanted to, uh, you know, get a feel for how I'm going to pick this question. Because when it came to last season, obviously, if you look at the home run statistics for the Reds, the guy who led in home, home runs, and the guy who led in hitting home runs on the road is the same one, Eugenio Suarez. Duh, he almost hit 50 home runs last year. And no other red came close to that. What's interesting to me, and I don't know if he's going to be available for opening day, but I get this feeling. And I'm going to pick, so for the first red to hit a home run at Great American Ballpark in 2020, my pick, the pick from the Locked On Reds podcast is Nicholas Castellanos. His very first ever at-bat, you go back to 2015, his very first ever at-bat in Great American Ballpark, he's going up against the one and only Kivas Sampson. Yeah, I I know. We're we're in territory where the Reds had some interesting guys on the mound, but Kiva Sampson was on the mound that day for the Reds. It was in August of 2015, 
and Nicholas Castellanos took him deep for a solo shot, his very first ever at-bat in GABP. I think he does it again. I don't know if it's his first at-bat, but I'm going to call my shot right now. Opening day 2020, the first red to hit a home run at Great American Ballpark will be Nicholas Castellanos, the newcomer, the man that everyone was super excited about, a top free agent on this past offseason's wish list, and the Reds got him. And he's going to play very well for the Reds in 2020. And he's going to get it started on opening day. And then when it comes to the road, this this one's interesting to me. And again, I, uh, we don't know. I, I think Suarez is going to be healthy probably for opening day. But if not for opening day, definitely by the first road series of the season. I, I don't think he'll have his full strength, though. And I'm going to tell you this. I think the red to hit the first home run away from Great American Ballpark in 2020. This one's going to surprise you because I've been telling you up and down and all around that he is not a power hitter anymore. I think Joey Votto will hit the first home run on the road for the Reds this season. Funny enough, he was actually the second leading Red when it came to hitting home runs on the road last season. In fact, he was the only guy in double digits other than A. Eugenio Suarez. He had 11. Suarez had 25 on the road. But I think I think Joey Votto is going to be our man on the road to hit the first home run for the Reds. But I appreciate the question, Joey. It's always it's always fun to think about that heading into the season. The next one, this one comes from our buddy Jordan, and this is a little bit of a long one. So bear with me. I'm going to read it real quick though, because it's a good thought. He says, "Hey Jeff, it's Jordan again. I got into an argument with a Cubs fan the other day about which team is better." the Reds of the Cubs, and he kept mentioning the Cubs have more quote-unquote superstars, and how Bryant and Baez and Rizzo are superstars and blah, 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 but to me, the word superstar is overrated in Major League Baseball. In the NFL and the NBA, if you draft one player like LeBron or Patrick Mahomes, they can carry you to a championship, but in baseball, if you put Mike Trout on a bad team, it does not matter. You have to have a bullpen help. You have to have good starting rotation and depth and all that good stuff. That's why I think the Reds team, this Reds team is a better fit to win the division than the Cubs. And even though the Cubs might have more superstars, but they don't have the consistent players the Reds have to go along with their stars. Is the word superstar, and this is where his question comes in, is the word superstar overrated in Major League Baseball? And that's a great question. That's something that I could probably spend multiple podcasts on, and I'm at least going to start to flesh out the question here because, and I want to get your response to Jordan and anyone listening, what do you think about superstars? Because when I think about a superstar in Major League Baseball, Joey Votto at one point was a superstar. Regardless of what you think about his contract, if you're sitting here listening to the podcast, and I think pretty much all of you understand that I don't feel this way, but if you are a Reds fan that feels this way, that Joey Votto is overpaid, he gets paid too much money. At one point, Joey Votto was one of the most popular players in this game. And yeah, his career has taken the typical downturn as he's gotten older 
you know, the whole decline phase and stuff that he joked about last year. It's, it's, it's not fake. We're not talking about something that is a fantasy. He, it's actually a thing he's going through. And sure, he can have a couple of really good years left in him, but we're not talking about the guy that we saw in 2017 or the guy that we saw from 2011 to 2017. That guy was one of the best hitters in baseball. I don't know that we'll see that guy anymore. But to be honest with you, I do have a feeling one way or the other about this whole superstar thing in Major League Baseball. And I'm going to get to that here in just a minute. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So as I mentioned, we're, we're right in the middle of this question from our friend Jordan talking about the idea of superstars in Major League Baseball. And I tend to agree with you. I, I think that the idea and superstars in general in Major League Baseball are overrated because it's like Jordan said, you've got to have a good bullpen. You've got to have a good starting rotation. And that's something that Bronson has said time and time again, whenever I've talked to him about the makeup of a team, he said that think of the starting rotation as the quarterback of the team. A little cross-sport reference there for those of you who are football fans. When it comes to the starting rotation, those are the guys that have the ball the most. Those are the guys that control the pace of the game. And as much as batters can you know, mess with that rhythm, hit home runs, all that good stuff, the pitcher is in control of that. And if he can keep control of the strike zone and things of that nature, then he can keep the game in his own hands. And if you've got the big starting rotation, and we've even seen that a little bit too when you talk about you know Max Scherzer and stuff. Now, obviously, the Nationals won the World Series last year, so this isn't as much as it used to be. But even think back to the Tigers teams that were super dominant that had a young Max Scherzer and it had uh, Justin Verlander at the helm. Those guys couldn't carry the team even on themselves. They had to have a deeper rotation, a deeper bullpen, a lineup one through eight that is very strong. I think the Reds have that. And yeah, sure, they don't have one of the top stars in the game anymore. They don't have a Mike Trout. They don't have a Bryce Harper. They don't have an Anthony Rendon. They don't have those guys that you see on television ads and things like that. No Ronald Acuna's or anything like that. But they are a damn good team, and they are going to be a force when it comes to this playoff race. But I do agree with you. I think the whole idea, I mean, uh, you know, obviously thinking of superstars, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper leaves the Nationals, and then the Nationals win the World Series. So (laughs) that's something for you there, I think. And this one's an issue. This is more of a comment, this next one that I got. This is from Beetle Dave out in Arizona. I appreciate Beetle Dave. I mentioned him before. He sent me all kind of footage and different videos of spring training and stuff, and I appreciate it for that. But he said a couple of observations from watching these guys in camp. I love Nick Senzel, but Shogo looked great in the field and in the batting cages. Watched him take at least 20 swings, hit everything to left, 
in center field. Line drives, no pop-ups. Mark it down. This is this is Beetle Dave calling a shot here. He says, mark it down. Shogo will get more at-bats than Nick Senzel. And this is an interesting case. Because the big question mark is how will Shogo fare in the major league center field? Is he going to be competent enough to be a defender out there? And we've talked about this before. If Shin Soo Chu can play center field, if Jesse Winker can play center field, I'm pretty sure Shogo can play a pretty good center field. The interesting idea with this whole at-bats thing about Nick Senzel is twofold. Obviously, the first one's health. How healthy is Nick Senzel? He still hasn't played in a Cactus League spring training game yet, but he's close. He's taking swings, he's looking good, he's making throws, all that good stuff. So that's your first part. The second part is, what is his role? Because most of us are thinking that he is becoming a super utility guy. He's going to be like the Ben Zobrists and the way that Chris Bryant was early on in his career where the Cubs would move him around and things of that. I, I think that the best way to utilize Nixon Zell to his strengths is to give guys off days. Give Shogo an off day in center field. Give Castellanos an off day in right field. Give Moose an off day at second base. Suarez an off day at third. He can play all of those positions. He really can. I think that's probably the way that he's going to be used. And based on how the Reds really push that agenda, that's where you're going to see the difference in at-bats because he can play so many more positions than Shogu can. Shogu can play, I mean, if you can play center field, you can play all three outfield spots, and that's probably going to happen. David Bell has said that Shogu looks to be a very versatile outfielder, and they're not going to commit and say, well, he is the center fielder, and that's it. That's all we're giving him. I, I, I think that we will see a decent amount of at-bats. It's not going to be just like, you know, 200, 250 for the year for Senzel. I think Senzel's still going to manage to get like 400 at-bats or something like that. He's he's still going to have a good year. And and we're going to have one more. Just one more question for today. I've got plenty more that we'll, we'll flesh out throughout the rest of the week. But this one comes from Kevin down in Georgia. He says, I know that there are plenty of options when you really break it down, but who is your X factor for the Reds this year? This was going to be hotly debated all year. I mean, think about the guys who made impacts for the Reds at various times last season. You had Aquino later on. You know, obviously in August, he was the biggest thing going on for the Reds. And not so much in September, but in August, he was the man. You had Derek Dietrich. Early, early on, he hit the walk-off home run on opening day to really announce his presence as a Red, but more so than that, he really cooked up the rivalry with the Pirates because he hit long home runs. I know, it wasn't as if he was a jerk or anything, it's just he did his job and the Pirates couldn't handle that. And then you had the fact that he was the best dude at the plate for like the whole month of May. But then he kind of disappeared after that. Yasiel Puig for a little bit was the best thing going on for this. There were so many guys that contributed to last season, but they weren't a winning ball club. Who makes them that winning ball club this season? And I think we kind of answered it a little bit with the whole superstar idea. It's not going to be one guy. It's going to be different guys at different times. But if I had to pinpoint one guy as the X factor, 
I still believe it's Joey Votto. I still believe that because he's going to be at the top of the order. And if he can get on base closer to a 400 clip, if he is on base 40% of the time, that's going to greatly increase the potency of this lineup because I think you're going to have Shogo bat and lead off and Shogo's shown the ability to get on base in his career over in Japan. And it's not as if on base is something that is solely focused on one league. He can carry that over from league to league. So, you know, chances are at a leadoff spot, we got a guy getting on base 35% of the time. Then in the second spot with Joey, we got a guy getting on base, hopefully close to 400, because if we're talking about another year where he's getting on base around 36% of the time, he's hitting about 240, 250 with little to no power, things like that, it's going to be a vastly different looking lineup and a vastly different looking team than we hope for. But I don't think we're going to see that. I think he's going to be good this year. I really do. I think Joey's got another good year left in him. As far as, you know, doubles and on base and all this stuff, I'm not expecting 30 home runs from him. I'm not expecting 100 RBIs. If anything, if I'm looking at home runs and RBIs, because everyone, well, he's a first baseman. He's got to have the power numbers, man. Whatever, man. This is a new age baseball. It doesn't. You don't have to be a power hitting first baseman to be successful. His whole deal is he gets on base. If I see fifteen home runs and sixty something RBIs from Joey Votto, that's great. I I would love that. I'll take that all day. I want to see close to four hundred on base from him. That's what I want. The Reds will be good if that's the case. Anyway, that's going to do it for us here on this Monday. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. On tomorrow's episode, I've got a special treat for you. We've got Kareem Elgazar, photographer for the Inquirer and USA Today as a whole. He's been out in Goodyear. We're going to talk to him about all things photography and sports-related photography, obviously, what his thoughts are on the Reds this season. He usually does a lot with the Bengals and things like that. We're going to get his Reds takes as well, as he's all over the Cincinnati sports scene as one of the best photographers in the city, bar none. We're going to be talking to him on tomorrow's episode. You're not going to want to miss it. The best way to not miss it is to subscribe. On all the many podcasting platforms, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-015. I'm going to pepper in some more Locked On Reds line stuff throughout the rest of the week. So make sure to get your comments, your reactions, your observations, your questions, whatever you've got, the Locked On Reds line, or hit me up on Twitter. We'll also do some of that as well. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.